Welcome to Life and Ball Podcast. We give your game life. We're on live Facebook. I want you guys to check out the page. We're on Trouble with Snap Podcast live right now on Facebook. You can uh, tune in, like, share, comment on our stuff. We're going to talk uh, Michigan State, Michigan basketball today. Uh, I want your feedback on the live feed here. Let me know how you guys feel about the Michigan State game. Obviously, uh, a lot of things happened there at the end. It was uh, you know, a tough loss for Michigan State. We're going to kind of go over what happened and the mistakes Michigan State made throughout the course of the game that really hindered them and uh, really was the... Uh, was the ending for them of number one 14-0 run 14-0 run for Maryland to end the game was absolutely incredible uh shocking really to be honest and the mistakes that they made were shocking because they were really really situations where you know Rocket Watts overhelps twice on Cowens who's just a fantastic player I don't know why he overhelped but Michigan State is a an aggressive digging team they want to dig hard on defense, they want to help hard, get back, and close out. The first time he helped, he digged in on the driver, got out. He still closed out well, but Collins is a great player. And, I mean, you just don't want to leave a great shooter open like that, especially a guy who's a senior who's who's hit countless big shots for Maryland. And then the ball screen action, uh, I don't know what Tillman was really doing. Tillman was not attached to the screener. Anytime a guard goes under a screen, usually the big is attached to the screener. Um, he was laying off. Rocket goes underneath the screen and just they collide and Collins hoping again for three and it's it basically three great looks for a great player not going to get the job done so really even though that we can look at that part and we could say that's the reason they lost there was a lot of situations in that game where if Michigan State could have played a little better in the first half and just didn't give up so many easy baskets they probably come out of there with a win uh, and, a, and a huge, huge game, too. You know, the, the 2000 team is there. They're honoring the national championship team again. That's the 2000 team. And uh, to be honest with you, um, just uh, just a tough loss for Michigan State. What, what a weird season this has been, though. I want to talk about that first, and then we'll get more into detail of what Michigan State didn't do to get the win. And then we're going to talk a little bit of Michigan basketball. Obviously, Michigan looked very good today. Um, I'll just say this. I, with Isaiah Livers, are just different. I mean, I, I wanted to stay away from that. I didn't want to go that route because I think that I needed to see it, you know, against certain teams. And I think I still need to. I think I need to see them beat a team like Maryland on the road. That would be huge. Uh, you know, going at Ohio State, which will be tough. Going at Purdue, if, if they can win a few of those games, I think that maybe it's it's for sure uh, complete difference with Isaiah Livers. But the, but the stats speak for themselves. I mean, they had a losing record without him. And, uh, you know, they were four and five without livers. And uh, those are that, those are big things. And they just are better defensively. He gives them another scoring option, their best scoring option at times. Um, he was leading them in scoring before he got hurt. But uh, they're just better defensively with him. I mean, he has length. He can rebound. He can close out on guys. He can guard two or three, maybe four positions. And, uh, and it's huge for them. It's huge for them. And uh, you have to note it. You have to understand it. And it's big time. Uh, but I, this season has just been crazy. I mean, you look at what how it started. Michigan State, number one in the country, coming in. You know, they lose early to Kentucky. Kentucky's really good, though, guys. People don't you know need to realize Kentucky's playing very good basketball right now. So, so a loss to Kentucky, you know, first game of the year didn't mean as much. Then they lose another game, and people are kind of wondering, is this team as good as you know this number one ranking we give them? And then Michigan, of all teams, who a lot of people thought may struggle. They start off like gangbusters. They win multiple games in a row. They win the Bahamas, beat Gonzaga, 
And it's just like, oh my goodness, Michigan could be the best team in the country. I thought that was far-fetched, but it was shocking to a lot of people. It was shocking to me that they started off the way they did. Fast forward to now, both teams have nine losses, and I have no idea what's going to happen. At this point, um, you know, I, I can't put a finger on it. I know Michigan's trending up, obviously. Five out of the last six games they've won. Uh, I don't know how much that means, though, because I don't think they've had a big road win yet. Um, I think they need to win at Purdue. I think that would be huge. They're, uh, you know, a win at Ohio State would be huge. A win at Maryland was, is going to be really, really tough. So their schedule is still very difficult moving forward. And uh, they, they have Wisconsin at home. I think that's a game they should win, but a, a very good team who's ranked high in net ranking right now still. This conference is a bear. I mean, we know that. You know, Michigan at 7-7 seven and seven in the conference, 16-9 and nine right now. I mean, I, I still kind of wonder how many more games do they need to win. I mean, me and Tyler talk about this all the time on the show. You know, getting close to 20 wins is still imperative, in my opinion. With the schedule remaining, you know, they're going to have to win a game like at Purdue or at Ohio State. Because I think, you know, at Maryland is going to be too difficult. I think they're just too talented. And, and being at home, they're great at home. So you got to find ways to win road games. And in this conference, it's been really tough. I mean, Michigan lost at Minnesota. You know, they lost at Iowa. And uh, they got to find a way to win. I would say I'd like to see them win both at Purdue and at Ohio State. But to win at least one of them would be crucial. And uh, Because I do think Wisconsin will be tough at home. Um, but Michigan's in a weird spot because, you know, 16-9, 7-7 in the conference. They've had some big wins. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. I don't know where you put them. I know they're putting them at 8 or 9 seed right now, which I think is, I'll be honest, maybe a little high. I mean, when you lose 9 games, you know, you're 16-9 and nine right now. I think if they lose 11 or 12 games, I mean, I don't know. Me and Tyler talk about it a lot. A playing game would be maybe um, available for them. Uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks with Michigan. But I think the one thing we can't question, and we should know by now, they're much better with Isaiah Livers. He, he makes them go. A uh, guy that's been there three years has a lot of experience. He's been successful in this program, and uh, he's really helping them defensively. A lot of people don't talk about that. You know, as much as he is a help with shooting, and as much as he is with, he's a good driver. He's athletic. A uh, great offensive player. Defensively, he really helps them. He covers a lot of ground and uh, another uh, added rebounder. So I think Michigan, you know, definitely looks like a tournament team. I mean, hey, we've been questioning it. I mean, they were really, really down in the dumps. I mean, they looked bad. And I just did not think this was going to be a tournament team. They found out how to get through it. Livers comes back. That's the boost they needed. 16-9 and nine now. I think they need three more wins. I think they need three more wins and then we won't have much of this bubble talk. Because they've been right around that bubble. They've been right there. Uh, interesting that Michigan State's 17-9. and nine. I, I mean, look, I'm shocked when I look at that number and I see that record. I say to myself, wow, this thing is, this is not what I expected. Five, six losses max is what I thought with Michigan State this year. Even with their schedule. Three, four losses max in the Big Ten, even with the schedule and how good the Big Ten was. I mean, I think we were kind of saying five could still win a Big Ten championship, which is pretty much going to be maybe true. You know, Maryland's got three losses now. But I look at that record, and I see 17-9 at Michigan State, and I go, what in the world? How? How is this happening? Well, I'm going to go over the hows, and I'm going to go over the whys. Um, how it's happening and why it's happening. Michigan State has still not figured out what to do with that four position, who to play at the four. And they've had so many different guys start, so many different rotations. 
And I think it's killing them. I think it's killing them because if they have no rhythm and they have no situation completely figured out at that spot. So what happens is you have Bingham. You start them sometimes. They start off and they play well. You bring in Kithier, you bring in Hall, whoever it is. And, you know, I think there's no rhythm there. They're, they're constantly shuffling guys. So I think that those guys are playing never really have had a great rhythm this year. I think Marcus has had good moments. I think Malik Hall's had a couple good moments. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he should be playing at all. I think a red shirt would have been smart for him, even though a lot of people think he's done well at times. I think that this kid is still a freshman. He's undersized at the four. You know, he probably is more of a wing player eventually. But they've played him a lot. They've started him a lot. So it's really confusing for me. But Marcus Bingham's the guy you got to go with because his ability to block shots, his ability to protect the paint, is so much more important than his ability not to get down the court quick enough in transition. I know a lot of people would probably question that, but here's my reason why. They got enough guys that can run the floor with, hey, if you run with four guys, you could still score. Winston can push up with Henry. He might be able to make a play. I wouldn't be overly concerned with the transition game as much as being concerned with, do we have a four who can rebound well? Because look at what happened with Maryland in the first half. They completely out-rebounded Michigan State. You got to have another big who's playing a lot, who has a lot of confidence and rhythm with Tillman. I think when you have two shot blockers like that, you have two guys that can really rebound with athletes like Henry, Brown, or, or Rocket, whoever they want to play with Cassius, I think you're great defensively. I think their best defensive lineup for sure is Tillman, Bingham, Henry, Rocket Watts, and Winston. Even with Rocket's mistakes last night, he pressures the ball. He was doing a fantastic job on Anthony Collins Jr. last night. Fantastic job. He's had the breakdowns. He literally had the breakdowns at the end, and that was it. I mean, that whole second half, he really locked down. He's a great uh, guard defender. He can pressure the ball. I've seen that since his prep school days and high school days. He really can push uh, push a point guard, uh, turn him a few times. He's great at it. Um, and, and he's really can close out on shooters. Uh, again, made the mistakes, but that's your best defensive lineup. you got to stick with them uh, more times. And I think that they constantly shuffling guys throws off rhythm. And and they also just, like Gabe Brown yesterday in the second half, barely played. And I, that was puzzling to me. That was puzzling. And I don't know why they did that. It didn't make much sense to me. But that's the route they've been taking where they have certain guys playing more minutes than you think they should. And I think they really got to figure out a certain rotation and stick with it. And you might have to play guys more minutes. That's going to help you in the end. I think that I'm learning more and more that they haven't figured it out. They have not figured out who to play more at the four. They take certain guys out and they kind of shuffle the deck a little bit. I think Gabe Brown has to play more. I think you can go small with Michigan State. I was going to post about this. I wanted your guys' comments. I really think you can go small. You can play Tillman at the five. You can play Brown at the four, Henry Watts and Winston, or, you know, hey, Kyle Arns, whoever you want to put in if, if you know, Henry's not playing. You can go small ball. You can do that. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying so hard to find whoever they think is their best four. You know what? Put Gabe Brown there. Just play Gabe Brown, play small ball, and go that route. Um, I think you need to see that more. they got to figure out who their top eight guys-wise, you know, eight guys are minutes-wise, and stick with it. This point forward, you've given guys shots, you've allowed guys to play, the rhythm's not there. Here's my eight guys, you have to play them the most minutes and there's no question about it. And you and, and I'll even put it in order and why. Obviously, number one, Winston. You know, you can say 1A, 1B is Winston Tillman. We know that. We know those are the two guys. 
you know, I think you're playing them 28 plus minutes, 30 minutes. You have to do that. You just do at this point forward, um, which they have. But those we know that part. I think you got to play Mark Rocket Watts more um, equal to Henry because here's why Foster lawyers just not providing enough. So what you can do is if Cassius is getting tired, you can move him out. You can have Rocket play the point. I think you need to already start getting him used to that anyway. He's used to playing the point. Just do that now. Go that route now. Uh, if you want to bring in Foster for some spot minutes, that's great. But at this point, I just don't think it's you know helpful for him. It's not helpful helpful for you. And he's a good player. It's just not working. So I think that you got to kind of scrap that and say, hey, Rocket's going to come in. He's always going to be in the game at the point if Winston's not in. That's what you do. Um, so that's why I have him so high with minutes. I think uh, obviously Henry and him again are close. Henry, you're going to play a lot, and then uh, I think you're going to play uh, Gabe Brown. You got to play Gabe Brown a lot. And, you know, you, you just do, you know, you have to pl- find ways to get him in the game always. You know, he can play multiple positions, the three or the four. He can play the wing, I mean, the wing or inside. I really believe that. I think you can deal with him playing inside because of his length. Maybe he's not physically as strong as some guys, but with his length, he can make up for it. Also, why you play him at the four is this. If he can screen up top and pop, you now have a big guy having to come out on a quicker player. He's a good shooter. Those are options you can use, and I think those are options they need to go with. So Gabe Brown has to play a lot. He has to be your guy that you play probably more than Marcus. He can do more things. Marcus Bingham's the next guy that needs to be in the more minutes. There's been a lot of games this year where I look at the box score and I say, how in the world is he playing nine minutes where Malik Hall's playing 18? It makes zero sense. It doesn't make sense. You have to play Marcus Bingham in the teens minutes, high teens to 20 minutes. Try to put him in more. He provides more on defense with his length. He provides more with rebounding with his size. And I think they haven't given him enough chances. I really think they dropped the ball on that. So, you know, those are your first six guys there. You know, you got Bingham, obviously, the sixth most with, most with minutes. You got Game Brown there with the fifth. Three, four, Aaron Henry, you know, you know, Rocket Watts. And then, uh, you know, you got Tillman and Cassius, obviously, playing a lot of minutes. And I, and I think that that's just, that's what you have to do. You have to go that route. Um, I, I think that this one's hard for me, but I think you have to go this way is, it just depends on health, but I think Kyle Arndt still provides a lot of shooting, and I think that you're going to have to play him minutes. You're going to have to play him minutes because he does provide a spark scoring off the bench. I think he struggled defensively. A lot of that has to do with his injuries, and he is uh, still a little undersized if he's playing the four because they put him at the four a couple times in the past. Um, but but he's a wing player that can shoot it. He can really do some things out there that, that provide a spark, like I said, offensively. And he's a veteran, and I think you have to roll with him. He has a toughness about him. He wants to win. So I think that's, you know, you have to play him more than Malik Hall. I mean, I just don't understand it where that's a guy that has the experience, even with him banged up. And he seems to be healthier now. You got to play him more. You got to play him more. You got to get him more in the fold. And, uh, and I still think Thomas Kithier, you know, he plays hard. Thomas Kithier will play hard. He will provide enough for you off the bench. Tillman gets a quick foul or two. You know, you can throw him in there. He's going to do a couple things well. He's going to give you good minutes. You can put him in for Marcus, you know, right away. You know he's going to do, you know, pretty much everything right. He fouls a little too much, but you can trust him that he knows where to go, what to do. Um, Not going to give you anything spectacular scoring. Honestly, guys, at the four position, they haven't had a guy that's really scored that well this year. They don't need that. They really don't. You have enough other guys that can score with Cassius, with Tillman, Henry, 
Brown, Watts, you're fine with scoring. Those guys can score, get them the ball. You just need a four to come in, play great defense, rebound, try not to foul as much, give great minutes. So I think Thomas, you know, slides in and, and deserves more minutes. From what I've seen all year, I think that he's a guy you can trust more. I think Malik Hall is, is, has good moments, but look, he's a freshman. He's not ready. Tom's even said that. Our freshmen are not ready. Well, they're not. So you, you know that. So move forward. Move forward and, and lock down that top eight and play them more than everybody else. It's just a problem. When you play, anyone that's played basketball knows this. When you have multiple times in a game for multiple games where you're coming in, coming out, you know, you're out of rhythm. You're out of rhythm. And I think that's what I see with Michigan State. I mean, I, I'm, it's puzzling to me where, why Gabe Brown was sitting so much, where they struggled to shoot the ball. He's a guy that really has shot well from outside for the most part. He's another guy that can provide some scoring. He can guard a couple different positions. And he wasn't playing much. So they played Thomas a lot. Marcus had spots when he played, did some really good things, did a couple bad things. You just got to know those eight guys. And I just don't think they do. I don't think they know who to play, when to play them. I think that they're confused. I think they're putting way too much thought into this. It's not that difficult. You know your best starting lineup or how to start the game. They, I mean, how many games have you guys seen, Michigan State fans? They start off with Tillman, Bingham, Henry, Watts, and Cassius. You can start with Brown, too. doesn't matter. And they've been fantastic. They go up 9-2, 11-2, and then beep, sub. Marcus goes out. They bring in Malik or they bring in Kithy or whoever it is. And... They, they start falling off a little bit, or they're giving up a couple easy baskets, or the, the score gets closer. I swear I've seen it all year this year with Michigan State. So I, I think that they don't know what their rotation is. I think they need to find it out. They need to find it out quick, and I think I just gave it to them. I mean, I really do. I think that, again, top eight players you got to play in order. Winston, got to play the most, obviously. Tillman, got to play him. Henry, Watts, um, Bingham, Gabe Brown. Kithier and Irons. Those are your eight guys you have to play the most, obviously, and you need to get away from playing guys extended minutes. Like Malik Hall doesn't need extended minutes. He can maybe come in if you if you have to have him in, but they have got to establish their top eight. And then if it's not those top eight, then you got to find out who it is. Hey, if you if you trust Malik from what you've seen in practice, then you you just don't play Thomas. You just don't play him. You know, I mean, unless there's foul trouble, then you can play more guys. I mean, if a couple guys get too foul, sure, your rotations change. I get that part. But right now, they're, that's not the case. They're just having multiple different guys they're using all the time. They have no idea who their top eight is, which anyone that's played competitive basketball at a high level knows this. If you played in college, pro, you know that there's an eight-man rotation usually. And if you're not in it, that, that usually means you've got to come in and give great minutes, and they're usually not a lot of minutes. You know, you're going to probably play eight to ten minutes a game, and those are spot minute situations. Or if you're the ninth, tenth guy, you know you're not going to get extended minutes. That is not the case at Michigan State. They'll play Malik Hall 21 minutes one game, where Marcus started the game played nine. It happens all the time at Michigan State. It's puzzling. It's weird. It's strange. And they've been doing it for years. And as good as this program has been, they've won a ton. They've done great things. And it's a give-and-take situation where they have a lot of guys who could step up because of the minutes they've played. You also have unconfidence in a team that has no rhythm because of this. And we've seen it in the past. Look at the Syracuse game. 
You know, they, they put Ben Carter and he played 23 minutes. Ben Carter should not have played 23 minutes in an NCAA tournament game. God bless his heart. Great kid. Probably a really good basketball player that people don't realize he's good, but he is not a guy in the NCAA tournament where you play him 23 minutes and you sit Jaron Jackson down. That just doesn't happen. Anyone that has any intelligence of all as a basketball coach would not do that. So those are the puzzling things that Michigan State does as a program, and these are the things that hinder them, and it has to go away from this point forward in this season. If they can change that, I think you'll see a huge change with this team. Need to get on a run. They need to win three or four games in a row. Get rolling. Tom's been great at that. This program has really peaked at the right time for many years. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened this year. But if it's not going to happen fully if they do not figure out who they're going to play the most. So uh, I hope that happens for Michigan State. Even from a Michigan fan, I think it's just it's so strange the way they do their rotations. And uh, Michigan doesn't have that problem. They know who they're going to roll with. They know... You know, they Austin Davis has really stepped up and given you know great minutes off the bench. Um, you know, Colin Castleton was there. It's a complete opposite with Michigan. You know, they have completely figured out who they're going to play. I mean, uh, Adrian Nunez, who started off the year and you know he was starting at one point and playing a lot of minutes. Nope, not no more. And I know that was because of the injury to Franz. Obviously, Franz comes back though. What happens? He's not playing. The kid's not ready to play, and he's not going to get out there. And he needs to learn and get better in practice. And I respect that because you know who your top eight guys are going to be. You know Austin Davis can now come in and give great minutes. You know Brandon Johns now is is confident because he started a few games. He'll give you great minutes. You know David DeJulius is going to come in and give you great minutes. And and that's it. I mean, that's that's where they roll. That's how they roll with it. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun to watch because you know what to expect with this team. And if they get rolling, those eight guys... They've all had big moments. They have all had big moments. They've, they've shot the ball well, done big things. And I think that's why Michigan, if they can continue to keep rolling, win a couple of those road games that I was talking about, they could definitely be in the tournament and make it to the Sweet 16. I mean, that's been the ceiling. We've said that all year. I think they definitely could win that first weekend and get to the Sweet 16. And, hey, who knows? Who knows what could happen? So I think with enough experience, um, I think Teske's just, as much as John Teske's done well at times this year, I, I don't think he's that force inside. So I think having Livers back has been huge because he can drive it, he can shoot it, and he can defend. Uh, Michigan's looked much better defensively. But again, kind of what I was going back with Michigan State about their rotate, rotation issues, Michigan doesn't have those. Michigan doesn't have that. They know who they're going to play. They know why to play them, when to play them. And, and they're not going to change it. And I think that they are playing with much more confidence right now. So, hey, that's just my little piece on it today. Uh, Tyler and I will probably go on live here soon with uh, some more Michigan State, Michigan basketball talk. We may add some football talk. Of course, Mel Tucker being hired was uh, the big news this week in Michigan. So uh, we'll get right back to it. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Give me your thoughts on this feed. I think it's uh, it's always fun doing this podcast, talking Michigan, Michigan State basketball and football with you guys. Uh, But thanks again for tuning in.